good morning, good evening, hello to one and all. Hospital podcast 240. What is it, mullet? Five. Today is Monday, and today Newtone's album is out. Future history, and I'm joined by the man himself, Dan Newtone. We are Mike Sharing. Hello, how are you doing, Dan? Very good, thanks, Tony. And you? Pretty good. From the album, this is Tides. Who's on vocals? This is uh, Lily, Leanne. Who, who is that? Well, she's um she's part of the Wawa 45s family, which is of course um, closely aligned with Hospital, good friends. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a suggestion of Chris's. He, she'd also worked with my brother Nick, other Echoes, um, which is kind of where I first came in into uh, into contact with her and. Um, yeah, really, really easy, enjoyable writing and recording process. Now, as well as playing you the album, Back to me. I thought it'd be nice if Dan gave us the backstory behind each track on the album. Try. 
that chorus, please return my mind. It's absolutely amazing. She smashed it. I mean, we've all been there where we've lost our minds at certain points. And it's just like asking for someone to give it back to you. It's it's such a simple thing to say, but it's worked so well. Now we're playing Dan's album of final. And uh, the man himself was here last week slaving away, signing hundreds and hundreds of copies. And uh, it does actually genuinely sound better played off vinyl on good equipment. Would you agree, Dan? I think uh, well-mixed down music always sounds nicer when it when it goes through the vinyl process. Um, I think for me, it's the fact that it's gone through a, a proper mastering engineer, you know? Um, and it's something that I think a lot of people take for granted these days when so many releases are just on digital um, and don't go near a mastering engineer. But uh, they are like the kind of gatekeepers, like the final stage in quality control. Now this is a track called Roundabouts, and there is a certain meta concept to your album. Um, it's almost like each track is from a different era, from within drum and bass. Where does Roundabout sit in terms of geography and time? I don't know, this one's probably one of the more kind of, I don't know, it's harder to pin this down into an era, I guess, but um, I was really into kind of techie DMB around the kind of 98-99 kind of period when Ed Rush and Optical were doing their thing um, and this I guess is me just kind of yeah, flexing that flexing my techie chops I should mention that it's called Roundabout because it has uh, a recording of a children's playground side-chained through the whole thing so I chain which way to go up or down? It kind of pumps up at the end of each beat. Uh, but that little that you can hear is um is kids playing. That's wicked. I thought you'd found an ex- an obscure drum break that had that in it. I don't think I have a roundabout break no. Dan, is this your is this your fourth album? It's 
my kind of proper fourth studio album, but if you include the Medical Histories compilation, then that's another one. And then there's the kind of New Logic, which I consider like a, an album of mine. I mean, you know, obviously it's with Matt. And then there's the Future Sound of Cambridge album as well, which is with comics too. So if you include all of those, then it's technically my seventh. Did you ever make a house album? Danism house album. Eight. Dan, I'd like you to introduce this track. So this is a track called Cannibals with um, the Mighty Dynamite MC, who I've been a massive fan of um, since kind of represent days, I guess. Uh, amazing to have a tune with him on the album. Big up to Dominic Dynamite. Big up to you for the panning on the intro. I love it. I'm glad you appreciate it. Yeah. 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 We run rings around the rings around Saturn. You're waiting for the phone to ring. We go and make it happen. The flow is super kosher from Nova Scotia to Staten Island. Yeah, we keep on styling. Check out the pattern. It's all over the news. All over the headlines, the cue stretch, rap on the club, looking like red lines. I'm moving to the front, hunting like a nanable way to come collect some more heads. Call us the cannibals. about new tone he's here with me right now in the hospital studios and just before we started recording this podcast and it is Monday morning by the way which is how real junglists operate they get in the car from their kind of like little house in the prairie ha- home in Cambridge at what time? I left my house at 7.30 but I had to run some errands before I drove up to London. That's how we do. Keep on styling, check out the pattern. It's all over the news, all over the headlines. The cue stretch right around the club, looking like bread lines. I'm moving to the front, hunting like an animal. Way here to come collect some more heads, call us the cannibals. Wicked lyrics from Diner operate on three levels. Love it. Mm-hmm. 
and I think it would be appropriate to go into um, another kind of spoken word track which uh, I would like you to tell us all about so um Another vocalist that I've been a, a massive fan of Metaphor 6000 For a very long time um, a track called Metaphor 6000 with uh, Cool Keith Also known as Dr. Octagon, Dr. Doom Black Elvis Are we really going into space? Uh, just an absolute legend Chemical combustion, Gore-Tex rain protection You feel the Stargate 7 when I step in The style engine design is Aurelius 7 Your rain phosphate is ready to demonstrate The bionic euphonic vocals programmed into the robots And ready for tests When mechanics roll up, navigation on the dashboard show up The verbal in sync with turbo electronics It's also solid state logic The tricorders read off titanium material Bases out of control, sending out in Morse codes And truckloads, Autobots can't even step in front of those Security closing and both Holland and Lincoln tunnels, all these babies born, they could be scientifically recuddled. Metaphor 6000. I mean, honestly, Dan, when Chris and me started Hospital Records in 1996, if we thought we'd have Dr. Octagon, on a tune on our label I mean we we would have just like laughed we were such fans it's mental really um, I've had a bunch of messages off friends of mine friends from kind of university days and stuff who have just sent me messages going holy shit you and Dr Octagon like is this real I, I think a lot of them figured that it was just like me doing a mashup or something like that like an unauthorised remix but um yeah no all legit so how, how did it come about how did you initiate it how did the recording take place tell me it, it was really simple I just sent him a message a direct message on Twitter um, and it kind of explained who I was what I was doing um, asked if he was up for it and he just sent a message back saying yeah totally up for it um, let's get people talking and um, the guys upstairs wiped it all out and uh, and it just went from there he recorded it in New York I believe um and I got the recording parts through the next day and I think while you were doing your uh, sound clash up at um, BBC against Ram and Viper and everything I was half listening to it and half in the studio um, mixing this down because I'd, I'd got the uh, yeah the, all the kind of the final recording parts through and I mean talk about legendary it's such an honour for us at Hospital Records this it really is Massive shout out to Keith, the Octagon. Light years ahead. Where are you? Metaphor six
Okay, we're going to go through each track on the album. But, but Dan, do you want to play any tunes that you feel have influenced you in any way? Yeah, I thought it might be interesting. Um, we're in a few things that were kind of formative for me um, across, I guess, across my time making DB, listening to it, loving it. Um, this first one, a tune called Brand New Funk by Adam F. Um, hugely influential for me. things I like best about this tune is how long the intro is. Yeah, we should have thought about that, shouldn't we? <laughs> no, but seriously, when, when Jungle and Drum and Bass was being invented by guys like Adam F, there was no format. There was no structure format. It's really interesting actually listening back to old tunes, um, especially when you get back to kind of 94, 93, when... Yeah, like you say, you know, the, the structures were really kind of, everything was open. And when you look at stuff now, you know, 16, 32 bar intro, maybe a 16 bar breakdown is totally standard. Um, if someone does like an eight bar section, then everybody kind of loses their mind because they can't double drop with it properly now. But um, back then, yeah, you know, massive intros, four bar sections here, four bar sections there, you know, it, it was all a bit crazy. See, I love drum and bass that have got drum intros because it's drums, it's drums and bass. That's what I love to hear. I love drum intros, especially when they're really good drums. You see, you see, you see, you see, you see. 
brand new funk by Adam F. A prime influence for new tone. And there was a period for about four years where I didn't play a set without this tune. It almost stopped me from making music, to be completely honest. When I first heard this, um, a lot of the samples are from records that I owned and loved. Um, and I kind of felt like Adam F had made the tune that, um, like the perfect tune that I could possibly hope to make. Um, and so I was like, well, why bother? think that funk step or whatever you want to call it jazzy drum and bass is a genre that is uh, very much neglected at the moment underrepresented it's hard it's really hard to do well and kind of with integrity I guess I guess I, I don't know that might just be from where I stand but um, it's really hard to do it and not be incredibly cheesy this achieves like in bucket loads it's classy it's um it's refined it's loopy enough do you know what i mean it, yeah. it, i think the trouble with a lot of jazzy drum and bass or kind of funk inspired drum and bass is it gets so self-indulgent and noodly and this has none of that yeah once this drops it rolls and rolls respect to adam f Back to the new tone album, Future History. Tell us. Well, speaking of rolling, this is kind of, I don't know, this is my rolling little tune on the album. Track called Lightning. Um, For me, this is all about that that period, kind of 98 to 2000. Uh, Kind of drum and bass knew what it was, what it wanted to do. Producers were getting really kind of technically proficient and... Yes, yeah, so it's about finding a groove and, and rolling with it. Right now, all that in darkness come to light. This music is an awakening, 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 awakening. Keep it locked to Hospital Podcast. I'm London Electricity in the studio with New Tone. We're going through future history. I blush like me.
live recording in session. I was dancing a little too hard then, I jogged the decks. got your next influences tune queued up now and um, I think I'm right in saying this has never been released is it true it is very true amazing piece of music it's kind of almost mythical it's like everyone who's DJing in those days has got this tune on dub plate I love it don't know what this tune is 
It's not your fault because it never came out. Amazingly enough. It's by Groove Rider. It's called Charade. And uh, it was from the period when he was signed on Sony Records. And it's all about the, uh, not this second drop, but the third drop. coming through there. Take a break to another. Exactly. From the Future History album by Newtone, this is Change.
So Dan, have you got any parties planned to launch your album? Come on, spill the beans. Funny you should mention it. We've got um, Cambridge launch this Thursday, which is the... Is this written down? Can you just read that? Um, so yeah, this Thursday, which is the 14th, 13th? 13th. Yeah. Uh, 13th of November in Cambridge at the Fez Club with me, Logistics, Etherwood and Anile. Uh, and then on the 28th of November, we've got a London launch uh, down at Barabar, which is uh, Other Echoes, one of my brothers, Logistics, another one of my brothers, and me. And the artwork's been done by Mr. Penfold, who is another one of my brothers. Are you going to get your mum and dad to come down and do something? Uh, Dad's emceeing, mum is working the bar. The question of a family. Big stakeholders in drum and bass, I'd say. At one point, I think we took up, we were like a third of your uh, signed (laughs) artist catalogue, artist roster. this goes right back to the t- around the time we signed you, I think. It was one of the first things I did, actually, after I signed. So that would have been 2003? Yeah. And this is the new tone remix of Fast Soul Music by London Elect. remember asking you to remix this and when you turned it in being so completely delighted that we'd signed you and then I played it at Herbal hospitality at Herbal Lincoln was playing and he was like who did that remix I said it was Newtone he said I wanted to remix that track 
think a couple of years ago he forgave me for that. I think we we finally got over that hurdle. I'm not sure if he ever really did. He certainly never forgave me. It was so much fun this though. I remember vividly remember sitting down with the parts um, and listening through to everything like the first time. Cause, like all the like these pads, these filters pads here sounded gorgeous on their own and then as soon as I like, kind of loaded them up and started filtering them they just like came alive even more it's just amazing noticeably slower and why might that be I, I don't know where it kind of started I think it was when I did the Doctor Who remix um, which is 155 BPM um, as opposed to like normally I'm 174 170 occasionally um, I just found that it's a lot of fun making music slow and uh, I think this is probably 165 um, and you just get you just get more groove, more shuffle. Um, I wouldn't do everything like that, but it's fun. Holocom. Let me hit that key, I've got to decode this 
understand. Don't ever grow up. It is quite a childish <laughs> choice of sample, but um, I love it. That is so Joe 90. I do love that. I really do. With the use of this cosmic communicator, we've been able to watch the Earth for many years. This is how we knew all about your experiments, Professor Darrow, in the moment you took off for the moon. Here, I'll tune it in on your launching site, and you can see and hear what they're saying about your expedition. Nothing went to waste in that tune. Total economy. I love it. It is about kind of getting the most out of what you got, isn't it? That is what makes a great tune. By not putting too much in. By just getting the most, as you say, out of what's in there. And a perfect example of this is your next Influences tune. I've said this a few times in interviews, but... um. I read a thing a while ago about poetry, about how it's it's about writing what you want to say and then taking out all the words that you can take out until you're down to the absolute essence of what it is that you're trying to get across. And without wanting to sound really pretentious or an, like an artiste, um, it's kind of how I approach production. It's taken me a long time to learn that. That's a really good way of putting it. That's the haiku approach. Exactly. This, from 31 records... How You Make Me Feel by the mighty Marcus Intellects and ST Files. Huge influence on me, um, especially when I was starting. Um, kind of before I signed to hospital, actually, Marcus was the first person that I would send everything to. Um, he gave me a lot of kind of coaching and mentoring early on. Mainly about what I was just saying, actually, getting rid of stuff. I'd send him music and he'd say, that's great, but get rid of 85% of it. And then you've got a great tune. And, and he was right. I'm feeling inspired, you know, because I still have that to learn. It's really hard. And it requires confidence. You need to be confident in what you've put down, what you're writing, that, that it's strong enough that you can kind of leave things bare. You don't have to cover everything in layer after layer you know 
Now, I'm not saying that this is so, but in the early days of drum and bass, equipment was so expensive and memory was so expensive. Like I remember upgrading, upgrading my Casio FZ10M sampler from one megabytes to two megabytes RAM memory, and that costed me about £300 to do. Now, you made the most of what you had in those days because you didn't have infinite terabytes of resources at your disposal. You couldn't download a synth. You had to buy the synth. You know, if you wanted a mixing desk, then that was expensive. Effects units, like I had one effects unit for a long time. Like a little, uh, I can't remember who it was made by. Like a Zoom or something? No, it was one step up from that, but but a very small step from a Zoom. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it was very restrictive. I, I think I remember reading that um, Cult Fiction by Alex Reese was written with like four seconds of sample time. Less is more. Track one from the Future History album by Newton. This is Till Dawn. And if you want to give us any information about this track, fire away. We actually got a, a fantastic video made for this um, by a really good friend of mine, a guy called Robin Bell from Washington, D.C., who I first met uh, in D.C. 19 years ago and been friends with him ever since. Um, and he's now a, a filmmaker, documentary maker, uh, does music videos as well. Really, really kindly came on board, worked on a very tight schedule to produce this amazing video for the tune, which kind of gives it, it's amazing. A good video can give a tune like a, a new life. It can, it can, you can find a, a different angle. And it was one that I hadn't really thought about until, until we started talking about it. But um, yeah, check it out.
Now it is exciting presenting a, pro- a podcast for an album that's just come out. Uh, we just checked and currently the UK dance chart, this album is at number 10. New Zealand it's something like number 3 or 4. This is real drum and bass. There is no pandering to any marketplace whatsoever. Or did you pander at all? Was there any pandering on this album? No panda style. Boom, boom. In all seriousness, like it, it doesn't really factor in the way that I make music. Um, for me, it's just about going in the studio and having fun, um, making the kind of music that I want to hear and that I want to play. Uh, kind of DJing, one of the biggest things I get from DJing is what's missing in my record box, what I want to play that I don't have enough of, or, you know, just th- things that I wish I had. And then I'd go and write them. That is a wicked approach. I love that farty bit on the second drop. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> Keep it locked. It's the Hospital Podcast. I'm here with New Tone. We're going in deep, deep, deep on future history. It's out today on all formats. Okay, I'm going to blend in a track that is unmixable. It's unmixable, it's also really quiet at the start. I'll turn the mids up. I guess this is another example of the no pandering. It doesn't even pander to DJs, it's not even possible to play the tunes. This is back to you. Oh, oh, oh. 
realise that she's got her back to you. No, she's coming back to you. Coming back to you, she's gonna come back to you. Oh, I like it that she's got her back to you. That's just my darker interpretation. Early 90s, kind of harmonic progression done with brilliant drums. Yeah, it, it was a funny one, this one. Like, I'd written the whole album, came up to the hospital office for a meeting, um, sat down with Chris, and we were talking about kind of how to present it, what to call it, all this kind of stuff. And he was like, Do you think we need one more kind of slow tempo, um, jungly kind of little bit? And I was up for it, so I went home, got back home at about 2 o'clock and sent this over at 9 o'clock the same evening and it was pretty much done. You see, I love you and I hate you for that, that, that you can do that. Oh, she's going to bite you now, is she? Coming on back to Smooth. That was um an interesting bit of mixing. <laughs> Because I had thought the last track had finished, but it hadn't. That's the bit I hate you for. Alright, Dan, this is one of your remixes. Tell us about this. I love this. Love this tune. Um, love the original. V Classics album. If you're not familiar with it, it's like, um, it's like the Ten Commandments, basically, of drum and bass. Um, released, I guess, around I don't know, maybe 99? Uh, but yeah, the track here by Ronnie Size called It's Jazzy. Um, went from meeting up at V Recordings and Brian G was like, yeah, do you want to do a remix? Got a box of Dax out and this was the one I chose. That must have been a little Christmas come early moment. It was incredible, and I was I was so eager to um to get started, but uh, I didn't have a DAT player, so I went home and I had to find a local kind of it was actually quite a crap local studio where I could go in and record a DAT to a CD and paid him like fifty quid for 
the five minutes of studio time that I had. But I was so desperate to get home and get on the computer and get started on it. I remember absolutely bashing this at Herbal every every week we played there. I think it's one of my tunes that stands up the best actually. Because I mean, you know, it's it's a good ten years old. Oh yeah. I guess must well maybe a little bit less. But um still sounds solid on the system. I have to have to give a big shout out to Brian G and uh, everyone at V recording. Brian's an absolute don. Yes, Brian, massive, massive love. transition incoming to a track from future history called on a rear that is so quiet i'm going to turn the mic channel off because we got a vintage mic preamp that, that puts a buzz on the signal at the moment hold tight As a kid, you were in on the street, playing video games, and you were listening to music. You know what I'm saying? A bunch of the kids started to DJ, and then they started to produce records.
now firstly on this track on a rear we get the concept entirely but we don't get the title it's not on a rear which sounds like gonorrhea it's on a rower which is the name of a beach uh on wahiki which is a beautiful island just uh off the coast of auckland in new zealand really really lovely place i've been to a few times now um last time i was there with matt logistics uh we managed to get a kind of couple of days there it's just just gorgeous and i recorded birds and crickets and all sorts and um yeah they're, they're all over this tune on your iphone yep super hi-fi I actually think the recording quality is really good on the iPhone as well. It's very usable. I don't know if I would record a vocal, but uh, for things like this, it's perfect. On a rower. That's how you pronounce it. Every public schoolgirl's dream. Sorry. dancing again. This man is there in your influences. It's caliber. It's over. Why this particular track? It's incredible. I don't know. There's much more that you can say about it. Um, so emotional. Um, so simple. So rolling. Strings are just incredible. Arrangement's amazing as well. It holds off for such, for such a long time.
have no idea where drama bass would be without this man totally true I was just thinking listening to it as well I think one of the things that amazes me about this tune is that if I sat down with all the same samples there isn't any way that I would ever come out with a tune that was arranged or kind of set up quite like this and it's not that anything's completely revolutionary or kind of controversial or, or weird, but it, it's just all it's very calibre, isn't it? Now, some of you may know of a long-standing institution called the Drama Bass Awards. And uh, all credit to the AEI Industries for running the Drama Bass Awards, but they are looking for this year's nominee for lifetime contribution to drum and bass. Now, I can't think of anyone else, apart from Calibre, who should win that. It would be interesting, because he, I mean, he's, he's kind of, I guess Friction was one of the one of the more recent winners, who's kind of from I don't know, I think of like the, the original generation. Village or what it last year? That's true. That's true. But Dillinger goes back. Dillinger goes way back. And Calibre's kind of 96, 96... Well, no, probably more like kind of turn of the millennium, isn't he? Um, But when you think about, yeah, who's done the most to kind of progress this music and... Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's either that or Quiff's hair. Now, I love your album so much, I do find it hard to to find favourites, but it's a tie between this and Tides, I'd say. And this has got one of the best titles ever, because it's Say That You'll. Say That You'll what? That's the question. Exactly, put your own answer in there. I'm afraid like a lot of my tunes it's actually named after what the little vocal sample is saying say that you'll say that you'll say that you'll and then some other thing that comes after that doesn't sound like anything in particular but uh but I kind of liked it and I think this has the spirit of calibre in it and a bit of zinc thrown in for good measure as well 
think for me this tune is just all about getting some bounce, you know? Yeah. those tunes that it locks you into an absolutely packed sweaty 450 capacity club and you're rolling all night and it is all about those 450s as well as much as i love playing at massive events and and i really do and i i never take it for granted um i think it's easy to forget but we are very lucky to get to play the music that we love to lots of people and essentially if i wasn't a dj i'd sit at home and uh, kind of lock the door and play like lock the door with my, some of my mates in the room and just play them tunes because it's what I used to do before I DJ'd um, and DJing is no different except that the door's not locked and we get to do it to a few thousand over a really really loud sound system I thought you were say you'd, you'd sit at home and lock the door and cry yourself to sleep no I would sit at home and play music people it's it's, it's it's a kind of it's an insatiable urge I, I I have a real kind of deep-rooted desire to share music that I love with other people to let other people know about music that I think is great I meant all that Now, this next one is an absolute killer. I mean, the original holds so many memories for me. This is Dan's VIP. Of Real Good. By Marky. And XRS. One never came out. Um... spoke to Marky, loved the original tune, was kind of blown away by it when I first heard it, 
um, really wanted to do a remix, so hooked up with Marky, got the remix parts, sent it to Marcus, he said he really liked it, but Solar doesn't do remixes, which I, I completely respect, and actually if you look at their catalogue, they've never released a remix or have any of their tracks remixed, which I have a lot of time for. That is true. I've never realised that before. And it's not just because they're lazy or tight, it's because it's a, it's a philosophical standpoint, yeah, yeah. which I respect. Um, it means that I got to keep this as well. As with all of Marky's tunes, amazing samples. takes me right back to there was one weekend where when I was still DJing with Chris as London Electricity when we were at a duo and I had the original of this on dub plate and we went to Budapest to do two shows one in a festival outside of the city and one on top of the citadel you know the mountain in the middle and we, and we did the first one and Chris started feeling ill so I did the second one on my own and then they asked me to play a third set as the sun was coming up at six o'clock in the morning. And on top of the Citadel, you've got a 360 degree view of the River Danube, Buda and Pest, both sides of the river. And I was so exhausted, but so elated. And I played this and I'll never forget that moment. That's one of those, those musical moments that will stay with you until you die often like sunrise or sunset sets they tend to be really really special don't they yeah i played um electric daisy carnival in las vegas a few years ago which if you don't know about it is i think full-on doesn't really do it justice but i think it's the biggest edc that they do now it's in vegas so the production is insane I played the closing set on the kind of DMB and dubstep stage uh, on the last night of the festival as the sun came up. There were people parachuting down um, and the sun was coming up. And I, I basically played like America and drum and bass. Like, there's a lot of people out there that love the good stuff. There's, there's, when you go to those big festivals, there's a lot of people that just want to get messy and go crazy. And so, you know, kind of bro step and kind of Larry music in general goes down very very well but I made a conscious decision to just go really soulful really deep it was the closing set someone's coming up and and they got it well done mate flying the flag love that
back to future history. This is Bay of Islands. Beautiful piece of music. Any any story behind this? Any backstory? So Bay of Islands is uh, an area at the very northern tip of New Zealand. I don't know if you've noticed the recurring theme. Um, Matt and I managed to tag on an extra four days at the end of our tour of New Zealand over New Year. And uh, we went up to this incredible area and spent, yeah, basically three or four nights up there. And it's like a, it's like a little, well, it's a big bay, but it contains a few hundred islands. Um, and it's just one of the most amazing places I've been. We went dolphin watching and did all that good stuff. Big shout out to the Kiwi Massive. They really know their music over there. It's one of the things that makes that place so amazing. You go there and visually it's incredible. Um, there's a lot of things about their society and culture that I really appreciate and, and value. And then, yeah, they get good music as well.
Okay, we're approaching the end point, podcast 245, featuring New Tone. In depth. Future history sessions. Now, Dan, we've got time to play one more of your influences tunes. What's it going to be? Track by Johnny L, um, who was a huge influence for me kind of before I started producing, really. Um, just as in, like, in terms of ideas and arrangement, he was out on his own thing, um, just doing his own thing. Tracks called I Let You from the Sawtooth album, which came out as a 10 inch box set, which uh, gets even more kudos as far as I'm concerned.
rolls it out. Like, it's no big thing. That bit was amazing. Dan, we're down to our last tune now from your album, Future History. It's called Deep Inside. Why? Have a guess. What does the vocal say? But in all honesty, like the whole Deep Inside, um, like it's a big thing in the house scene. Um, the number of house tunes I can think of that are all about deep and deep inside and I guess there's another level to it as well, but uh, but mainly it's about kind of, you know, taking music deep. If you know your drum and bass, if you know your labels, if you know your producers, you'll know to whom this is a homage. roll out Dan thank you so much for coming down and being in the studio for this podcast and thank you for making such an extraordinarily brilliant album thank you for letting me make it well it wasn't like I could stop you making it was it no but um, I don't know like I was saying about kind of getting to play in, uh, in big venues I don't take it for granted that I get to release music on hospital you know um, it's a privilege. That works both ways. 